The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Second Stage, the forum for entrepreneurial discussions. And this is Jeff Cadlick. Uh, it sounds like Brendan's out on assignment today. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll get back into Skype here soon. I appreciate the. Uh... We're having some technical difficulties. Uh, we're not not paying our uh, our internet bill, obviously here at Evolution, but uh, we got half price, I suppose, because I'm on and Brendan's not. But he's dialed in, and so he can contribute to today's or uh, today's conversation which is a very complicated conversation, Brennan. You and I talked as we prepared for this show that normally we're experts at this sort of stuff. And I think we can both confess on air that neither one of us are experts at the Affordable Care Act. Yeah, actually, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of wild. I, I'm actually looking forward to, to kind of filling in a lot of the blanks as, as you drive around, listen to CNBC and the radio, and you hear all these uh, people commentating, comment, commenting on uh, all the things that uh, is going to happen or will happen, and it'll be fun to uh, hear the real experts kind of give us the, uh, give us, uh, give us the ideas and thoughts of what's, uh, what's going on, because uh, it definitely will impact uh, all businesses, big and small, well, it sure sounds like. Well, normally I'm not one to confess when I don't know something. I, I uh, uh, but in this instance, when I'm pretty sure that 99% of uh, everybody knows very little about what's going on, I, I feel uh, I feel like I can confess that. But what we do know something about Brendan is accountability, which was the fifth of the five pillars that we talked about uh, last week. Absolutely. I, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, Jeff, we, uh, as you know, we just came off of our uh, annual meeting, which uh, we, we do uh, obviously once a year, and we uh, bring all of our uh, investors and our managers and uh, partners together, and we uh, talk about the things that we, we planned to do over the last year, the things that we, uh, that we got done, the things that we didn't get done, and the things we, you know, that we look forward to doing in the coming year. And it's always a, an interesting time it's a, you know, to get ready for those meetings and reflect back on the on the progress you made, and it really does kind of go back to you know the the five pillars, and you know, in the in the accountability being the last one of the five, and the thing that probably matters the most, right? Getting stuff done, getting it's look, it's uh, getting those key things done. It is, and I tell you, you know uh, how I I function part of the year. I whenever I'm making big decisions, I think about us standing in front of the you know 75, 85 people that come to our annual meetings and trying to explain to them what I was thinking at the time that I made that big decision. So uh, it's accountability is uh, is very very important because it makes you um, more thoughtful. I think about some of the decisions that you make. 
it absolutely is, but it's also it's a, it's, a, it's an opportunity to, uh, to 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 learn. It's an opportunity to explain to the to your partners and and uh, um, uh, you know what what what's happened. And, and quite frankly, it's 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 a great way to get more people involved and excited about the things that we're, the things that that you're doing. And I think that's that's the neatest part about it is really building a consensus and 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 tapping the uh, the knowledge of people that uh, that have either done it before or have or have great resources that we should be talking to and and uh uh you know it it really is about you know reaching out i, I do think jeff it's it's fun to talk about it you know it, you know the five pillars since we since we kind of got through them all and you know our general belief that the first one the one that you absolutely need to have is uh, is the great financial reporting and and then uh once you have the financial reporting you can spend time to create the plan and uh and and if you have great financials and a great and a good plan you can attract the people that you normally wouldn't be able to attract to that sort of business and uh and then I pass that it's it really is about being transparent to people and then uh, holding people accountable uh to those to those to the plan and and so forth and I think it's important, Jeff. You know the fact that we're never done, right? I mean, it's it's something that uh, uh, you uh, you always, once you get those five things in place, you're always uh, continuing to improve, right? Right. That's exactly right. Um, and we want to thank Brent Sapp from Inc. Navigator for being on the show and, and sharing his thoughts on accountability with us as well. Uh, and I say Inc. because, you know, we had the good fortune of going uh, to the Inc. 500 again this year. It was in Washington, D.C. Um, and it rained again this year the entire time that we were there. But in, inside it didn't rain. And uh, it's it's a wonderful experience, isn't it? You know, it, it's it's wonderful to be around that many entrepreneurs that are trying to learn and trying to grow and trying to make an impact on the world. And it's also wonderful to be around the thought leaders, some of the speakers, and and uh, uh, you know, Jeff, I, I smile because so many entrepreneurs they get all juiced up and walk out of there. And uh, and and I think my number one, the thing that you and I say at every every show is uh, just start, just get going. Um, and uh, it's uh, you know, it's 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 harder to. Uh, it's harder to walk out of those events and remember all the, the things that you wrote down and things that you said you're going to get done, but it's an important piece. Um, it, it is. And, you know, as you know, uh, uh, Jim Collins was the, one of the speakers there this year, uh, uh, one of among many very good speakers. And he uh, left a big impression on me. I was, uh, I think you and I are both big fans of his. And, uh, you know, one important thing that he had observation that he had was that the opposite of success isn't failure, it's growth. And, um, you know, we continue to fail here at uh, Evolution. We, we continue to grow, Jeff. It's, uh, you got to spin that around. We continue to grow. It's all about and growth. We, right. And that was our, uh, our, our pitch to our investors. So hopefully uh, they, they bought it. So anyway, um, we got a great show this week, too. As I said, you know, it's about the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare. And, you know, no one is paying attention to anybody in Washington, D.C. right now. I think the con- congressional approval rating is uh, in the low single digits at this point. Um, it's a very fluid situation. Uh, this has not rolled out uh, as well as everyone was hoping that it would, which I think has added to the confusion and probably hurt you know the the credibility of the program uh, somewhat on the front end. Um, but it's it's a, it's tough stuff, and I think this these guests that we have today are are very timely. 
Yeah, I'm excited to learn. I, I've, you know, I've kind of got some preconceived uh, notions in my mind about what uh, what, o- what Obamacare is, and uh, I look forward to uh, to uh, learning learning a lot more because it's des- desperately needed. Well, per usual, we've got some experts with us. Um, uh, you know, we always want to put people on our show that we've worked with before that we know. Uh, we had the good fortune of hearing Andrea and Rob from Oswald Companies. Uh, you know, speak this summer about this topic, and we thought they did a fabulous job. Uh, we were at the, uh, the the seminar because we have an ongoing relationship with with Oswald uh, on a variety of different things, and um, uh, uh, Rob and Andrew are specifically from you know the group benefits uh, part of the organization. Uh, Andrea Esselstein is actually an expert in and licensed uh, certified patient protection and affordable care act expert from the national association of healthcare underwriters uh so she is right on point in terms of uh having an expert here uh she actually is a lawyer by training um got her degree at the ohio state university and had an undergrad at emory university and has been at oswald uh i believe uh since uh graduating with her law degree and rob is the practice leader for group benefits, uh, and specifically as it relates to the M&A practice, he specializes in assisting clients with their employee benefit needs throughout the life cycle of an acquisition from due diligence to exit. And so, you know, with respect to what evolution does, you know, he is 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 very important. And he is an Ohio-educated guy here. He got his uh, MBA from Cleveland State University and uh, his undergrad from Ohio University, which is the arch rival of my alma mater, Miami University, uh, and that of your wife, that of your wife, Brendan Mar- Marnie. Yeah, is also yeah a, so the uh, Redskins, uh, now Red Hawks type of people. Exactly. 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 So, um, before Jeff, I, go I do much- want to point out that you know, that, you know, I'm sorry, I'm you know, I'm Mr. ADD, and, I'll, and I'm sure I'll take you off of your focus here, but. You know, we, we've worked with Oswald since since starting the firm, and, and we just really believe that uh, that setting uh, you know setting expectations and setting up partnerships where we, we where we hand off uh, uh, the, this sort of work to the experts is something we you know we believe to our core that it's uh, much more efficient and much uh, uh, we we you know it's much more. Uh, uh, if I can use the word efficient again, uh, you know, for all of our companies, when when you have experts like this involved. Well, you, you actually did steal my thunder because my point oh, was like it, in a like it <laughs> in a fluid situation like this, you you want to bring experts on board because you you really can't afford to make mistakes. Uh, you know, uh, your, your employees and those people that are depending on you to have the right answer here, and you don't want to mess with people's you know healthcare. Uh, among other things, Absolutely. so um, this is is very important to be uh, very focused on this. So before we go any farther, I want to remind everybody that each week we want to provide actionable advice and have you continue the dialogue through comments and questions on our blog at evolutioncp.com. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what works and what doesn't work. You uh, heard us talk about the five pillars. We'd love to get some more feedback on that. And we want to create a true f- community of entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. You can also email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com uh, and like to volunteer to the community your experiences and solutions and even ask some questions along the way. Um, I would also like to um, uh, thank our sponsors, uh, McGladry. 
been incredibly supportive of our organization, uh, and they are the leading provider of assurance, tax, and consulting services focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide with more than 6,700 people in 75 U.S. cities. So with uh, those program notes behind us, Brendan, we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and introduce Rob and Andrea and uh, get started learning about the Affordable Care Act. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thank you. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of a team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. The world of finance is complicated at times and continues to be that way. How do you know if the decisions you're making today will be the right ones for tomorrow. Now, you've got a guy in finance. Host James Butler aims to make these decisions less complicated by spelling out the intentionally vague banking terms into a language that you can better understand. We'll also explore some real-world cases that can keep you from making the same mistakes others have made. You've got a guy in finance. is heard live Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Well, welcome back to the second stage. We're thrilled to have uh, a couple guests. We normally have one guest on the, on the line, but we've got two this time, and we're going to try not to screw it up. But in the true spirit of entrepreneurship, uh, we're trying something new, and we may make a mistake. But uh, as Jim Collins says, it's just all about growth, right? About growth, absolutely. <laughs> so once again, like any forum, this show will be more effective and powerful if folks contribute their experiences and ideas. We invite you to continue the discussion from each week's show on our blog, which can be found at evolutioncp.com. Uh, you can email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. And then finally, program note, you can go to uh, either um, – you can go to the iTunes and look under podcasts, search for second stage, and you can find us there uh, if you'd like to get some of our uh, old um, old podcasts. Um in the first segment, we mentioned that we're going to start learning a lot about the Affordable Care Act. We've got two experts on the phone. We have Andrea Esselstein and Rob Edmonds, both from Oswald Companies, and we appreciate you guys being on air with us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, um, thank you. I, um, as we mentioned earlier in the first segment, you know, I, uh, I think a lot of small business owners, include, including us at Evolution, uh, really, you know, we hear a lot about it. We've read a lot about what this is, but maybe you could just tell us from a ten thousand foot level, what's what is what is uh, the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare? 
Absolutely. Hello. It's a pleasure to join your call today and provide our expertise. The Affordable Care Act from 1,000 feet above passed in uh, 2010 and it has reformed the employee benefits marketplace and the options to purchase health insurance across across the board. And we've been working with this law for the past three years, and only approaching 2014 have we seen where the impact is hitting the consumer market and the individual market as the exchange is open and the the impact is spreading across the country as far as how individuals purchase coverage, what their coverage purchase options are, eligibility for subsidies, what's taking place in the hospitals, and how accountable care is going into a long-term goal with the hope of lowering health coverage. Our focus has been specifically in the employee benefits area and how how those employers offering coverage or considering options about offering coverage going forward are, are impacted. When, and is, yeah. is the goal what, – what is – I mean obviously there's a goal here. What, is it the goal to lower the cost? Is the goal to provide everybody in the United States with insurance or is, or is it all the above? I think it's – I would say it's all of, the, all of the above. It's cost, access, quality, and those three, those three pillars together are, are hard to find a balance. So today we have an access challenge going into 2014 where not – not all Americans are able to purchase coverage due to pre-existing condition exclusions and um, out-of-pocket limits and, and coverage, the lack of guaranteed issue coverage in the market today. However, from a cost standpoint, in order to cover all Americans and have affordable coverage, we need to have a, a full pool, which includes the purchasing by young, healthy Americans and older Americans and have everyone in the pool and everyone contributing. But realistically, from a cost standpoint, an access standpoint, and then the quality, there's constant conversations within uh, the, the think tanks and within the media about how to balance those three. But I would, I would say the goal, first and foremost, has been access, but it overlaps with the others, of course. So, so, so I so – Thinking through this, I mean, is, it's fair to say that nobody knows what's going to happen. I mean, whether I mean, you know, if you listen to CNBC or you listen to Fox, or you listen to whatever. There's there's just all these people that are predicting what's going to happen. I mean, what is what does Oswald or what or Andrea? What do you think? What do you think is going to happen here with this program? Well, this is, pro- well, this, is a, this is a fascinating time to ask that question. Given I, I've actually not seen this level of of turbulence and consumer questioning of what's taking place with, with health care reform and Obamacare for, for years, as we've seen what's taking place in the news now with the, the challenges, calling them you know, glitches with enrolling in the uh, online exchanges and the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Kathleen Sebelius, is going before the uh, congressional hearing next week to testify. So our predictions about what what will happen are the most fluid they've ever been. There's actually proposals now to to, to delay the individual mandate or to, at a minimum, delay the enrollment time frame from three to six months to even a year uh, due to the due to the challenges to even enroll on, uh, online or register online to be covered as of January 1st. So, you know, with with the increase. In attention on this topic and the challenges with simply enrolling, the focus mm-hmm. is now drawing attention to healthcare reform again, and, and consumers seem worried. And when consumers seem worried, constituents talk to congressional leaders, and that mm-hmm. seems to fuel the fire. 
You know, I, I literally it, – it's funny. I hear us talking about this and the, all the amount of time I've read about it and in, in, uh, in kind of listen as we're driving around. I still don't – so I still don't fully understand you know, how this is going to happen. If, so if, can anybody that wants insurance um, eventually be able to apply through this program? Can, so can anybody get insurance through it eventually? Any, eventually, all American – Citizens, it's intended as of January 1st, uh, 2014, that there's a guaranteed issue policies on the uh, public health insurance exchange. And guaranteed issue is the lack of pre-existing conditions. So you can purchase regardless of any prior conditions and um, regardless of health history. And underwriting will no longer include those factors. And that alone is in, is a cost concern, of course, from the insurance perspective, the insurance insurance company's perspective of how they're going to pay, how they're going to pay, and the risk and the risk of adverse selection, which is getting an unhealthy pool unintentionally or having only those who are sick sign up. But yes, to answer your question, anyone will be able to purchase coverage in the exchange, but the networks and the cost and the actual rollout of what the exchange will look like is the big question, and the, we call it the, the elephant in the room, but what are those prices going to be? And all of the variables and all of the assumptions that are going into this new underwriting system are causing the open-ended questions and the uncertainty around what the cost predictions are going to be. And so who sets those, who sets those prices? Are there insurance companies that are, that are lining up to bid on these, on these, on these pools of people? Or, and ultimately, if nobody bids, is the government the insurer of last, of last resort? Unfortunately, you know, from a from an insurance company provider perspective, as they look at who's in the pools, they'll determine whether or not they they can underwrite those those risks. So that's why the there is such a push right now by the Health and Human Services and by the government to enroll as many as possible, and specifically to en, to enroll the, the healthy and the young to offset the cost of adverse selection or the risk of adverse selection of who's going to be in those pools. But the rates are set. By, by the underlying risk, or by what the estimate is of the underlying risk by the in, by the insurance companies. Sounds hey, Andrew, very complicated is, to me. It, it, it does. <laughs> and, and, and again, I'm going to ask a ridiculous question. Uh, I think because I'm still lost here. So you've talked about pre-existing conditions, but isn't it part of it that you know there's a lot of people out there that aren't insured because they can't afford it? So isn't there an affordability aspect to this as well? Most, most certainly. So pre-existing condition exclusions or bans, when there's health underwriting, those raise the cost of the premium on the individual, on the individual market. So on one hand, that contributes to what, what the rate would be. Age contributes to the rate. And uh, just in a general rising health care cost in, in the system itself, each year we see the trend and the medical trend increasing, and as a result, the health insurance premium costs are increasing. So many Americans simply cannot cannot afford the premiums as they are today. So the government has premium tax credits, which are subsidies, and those are available for those who earn under 400% of the federal poverty level in applying on the exchange. So they're that's part of the the challenge right now, even with the enrollment system on the market, is having how that's going to tie into subsidy eligibility and cross cross referencing what household earnings are and what 
whether or not those who are um, applying for coverage on the exchange are qualified for which level of subsidy if they are qualifying for a subsidy uh, at all. So, so you talked about a potential delay of the individual mandate, and they're talking about it, you know, in the Senate right now, as I understand it. Um, does it mean that if if you if the individual mandate does not get delayed, that if you don't have health insurance, it's you're breaking the law? That that is the. That is the way it will play out as of January 1st, uh, 2014. So coming up there, that starts the, the individual mandate and penalty provisions of health reform. And the penalties are, are low initially, uh, to, if, if coverage is not purchased, but over time those, those penalties are, they are increasing on the, on their face as, as we have documented today, but they, they will increase most likely with the cost of health insurance and, medical inflation as, as this plays out over time. But individuals must have uh, what they are calling minimum essential coverage or they pay a penalty. And so that could potentially be delayed. As of now, it's not delayed. And I think uh, that, that that would be a, a huge dagger in the rollout of Obamacare if, if the individual mandate itself is, is, is delayed. I think then the Andre, I'm sorry. This is uh, Jeff. I'm sorry. Let me get this right because I'm not sure I fully understand what you just said. Because I thought I heard you just say that if I'm an individual and I don't get insurance, I could be subject to in, that because I can't afford it. That I'd be subject to a penalty. Did I hear that correctly? Well, you you did hear that correctly. All but the from an unaffordability standpoint, if if you apply for coverage in the exchange and based on your household income, you would receive a subsidy that would therefore make the coverage affordable. So it's, it's a matter of enrolling and having insurance in the pool. So the coverage would be reasonable and affordable to you based on your household income. And if your household income is too low, you would be qualified for Medicaid in, in the full system. So it would cover the, the, the spectrum of Americans would be the goal, and there would be a penalty if you don't have minimum essential coverage. Employer coverage on the whole constitutes minimum essential coverage, as does Medicare and TRICARE programs, which cover the veterans. This is going to be interesting. This is, <laughs> this is going to be really interesting. I, the, hence, there's hence so many the, variables. Hence, yeah, and, and all the fireworks around if I can't even sign up and then I'm going to get a penalty. Are you kidding me? <laughs> So I get it. All right. This is very confusing. We're going to have to have a, a, a more conversation. But Rob, we are so excited to dive into the Affordable Care Act. We blew right through exactly you know what Oswald does. And again, we think very highly of Oswald and your expertise and your subject matter experts and so many different things. If you could just give us a quick overview as I'm trying to draw you into the conversation about Oswald. Sure. Thanks, Jeff. Um, so Oswald is an employee-owned, full-service insurance brokerage firm, and we are celebrating our 120th year here in Cleveland, Ohio. And we work with employers of all size, typically middle market-sized uh, employers, on all things insurance, whether it be employee benefits, their commercial and property casualty insurance, their retirement planning, even helping them with their key man life and disability needs for some of their top management folks. So, you know, really any risk that a company has, we have a specialist here at Oswald that is able to address it. And, and you guys focus nationwide, correct? I mean, you've got offices in multiple states. You're not just here in Cleveland. 
correct. So we've uh, we've expanded our operation up to Michigan, down to Florida. We have three offices here in Ohio, and are continuously looking for uh, the next place to branch out to. But you know, particularly on my team, the private equity team, as as you all know, um, we follow where folks like Evolution Capital buy companies. So. My team in particular is on planes every every week going to see our clients who are anywhere from Portland, Oregon, all the way down to Jacksonville, Florida, and everywhere in between. Well, we appreciate you guys being on the show. We're going to have to take a brief break, uh, and we're going to really get into some – dig into some more of the uh, the topic of the Affordable Care Act when we get back on the show uh, after a, a few seconds here. Thanks for, thanks for tuning into the second stage. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of, a team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance Tax Consulting. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the second stage. This is our show, but it's a forum, so we're looking for input from you so we can benefit from everyone's experience. Don't be shy. Everyone has made mistakes, and believe me, evolution has made them too, but as Jim Collins is letting us off the hook this week, he's saying it's not it's not failure, it's growth. Um, we're we're going to have to remember that one, Jeff. We're going to have to keep that one close by. I so. wonder if it's going to work with our wives. I'm not sure. That, I'm going to try. I think that's worse. I mean, the worst is when the kids will spin it back to us, but that'll, that'll be all right. That'll be all right. That they're, honey, they're learning honey. too. That's right. Honey, I'm growing. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, in all seriousness, we're back to a very serious topic, uh, discussing the Affordable Care Act with Andrea and Rob from the Oswald Companies. Hey, hey Rob, if you have a, a maybe take a couple uh, couple minutes here and ex- explain to us the uh, the delay in the employer mandate portion of this of this act. 
Sure. And before I get into that, maybe just uh, I'll take it back a step to what our teams here at Oswald and, frankly, benefit brokers around the country were hopefully doing with their clients. Um, we spent much of the beginning portion of this year walking through each and every one of our clients through what's called a pay-or-play decision tree. And basically, it's an analysis that you go through, starting with the first part or first question, which is, does your company employ more than 50 full-time eligible employees? Because the employer mandate only applies to those companies that have 50 or more full-time employees. So if you're less than 50, this is not applicable. So that's kind of the place to start. But assuming you do have more than 50, then you kind of walk through a decision-making process of, you know, what types of programs do we offer today, medical programs? What are the costs of that? And how much do we pass on then to our employees or charge them in terms of employee contributions on a monthly basis to be on the plan? And so working with our clients, we'd walk them through the calculation to say, you know, how many of your employees would coverage be deemed unaffordable for, meaning that the single employee contribution would exceed more than 9.5% of their W-2 income? And there are certain financial ramifications that would be implicated on a company if, in fact, they do fall into that unaffordability category. So anything from deciding not to offer coverage completely and getting out of the insurance game, there's a $2,000 per full-time employee penalty that would be assessed to that company. Or if there's just a handful of that population that it's deemed unaffordable for, meaning the monthly contributions exceed more than 9.5% of their income, those employees then would be eligible to go on the federal exchange and apply for not only a health insurance plan, but a federal subsidy. And if they are granted that subsidy, then that employer would pay a $3,000 penalty on behalf of each and every one of those employees that qualified for that subsidy. So we spent the first three months of the year going through this with all of our clients, getting them prepared and setting strategies. And then a few months later, the, the employer mandate was delayed by a year. So for 2014, those financial penalties would not be effective for those that are deemed unaffordable, but they would take effect in 2015 if something isn't done by the employer to rectify that. So, in in, in you in you um, you kind of single out employer. The uh, the this, these are employer mandated uh, situations, but they, but they haven't changed the individual mandate. Is that true? That's correct. So the employer mandate has been delayed um, for a number of reasons, most notably the amount of administrative work and reporting uh, requirements that would have to take place in short order. However, there still is, as it's written now, an individual mandate, as we, I think, alluded to earlier, and Andrea spoke to, where every American must have insurance, whether it's through their employer or through one of the federal or private exchanges that would be open for business as of October 1st. So, so failure to do so by, I believe, Andrea, correct me if I'm wrong, March 31st, failure to be enrolled would result in uh, a penalty for being uninsured for these folks, which, as it stands now, is currently in debate on whether or not that gets extended out past that March 31st deadline. Hey, Rob, I got another question. So I, when you're going to go into that matrix of 9.5% of W-2 income, and if you don't offer it, it's $2,000 an employee. If you do offer it and people don't, you know, they, they, 
there's is three thousand employee. I mean, is this are, are you literally sitting down with employees and in, or with uh, with your clients, your the companies and, and the people that work there, and just basically you know helping them figure out what, what the financial impact is to them as, as part of all this, or, or what's I mean, because that's that's a big that's a big math problem. Yeah, exactly, and and that's essentially what we're doing. I mean, the easiest way or simplest way to do it would be to take the most recent census with annualized income, and what we do is we attempt to isolate. Really, it's the low-wage earners that you're looking at. So you're going to look at your lowest-paid person, and you're going to take that annual number and divide in how much it costs to be on the insurance for a single person, if that number exceeds 9.5%, then you could have a potential problem on your hands. And, and, um, and so obviously that's at 50, 50 or 50, you know, 50 or, or more employees. So I suspect there's a, there's a, a movement. I mean, you know, it's, it's easy to form companies anymore. If, you know, if, if, I mean, if you had 49 and you started a new company and so forth, is there some kind of look, provision, look through provisions that stop people from doing that sort of thing? I mean, it's, it just seems like it's, there's, it's ripe for people trying to work their way around the system. You know, and Andrew, I'll let you comment as well, but I've heard just from talking with folks in the field, I mean, they're saying, look, you know, we're going to do everything we can to keep our employment under 50 for that very reason. I, I agree completely, Rob. We've, we've seen that. We've heard that discussion. There's actually new, a new terminology known as the, the 49ers and the 29ers, and what that refers to is <laughs> a company strategy around, you know, keeping your, keeping your full-time equivalent employees at 49 or keeping your hourly uh, your hourly requirements at 29 hours to identify who those full-time employees are, how many you have, and and to avoid the, the obligations um, to cover health care for, for employers as of 2015 uh, requires um, coverage for all full-time employees and their dependents. So, and then dependents are children to age 26. Interestingly, though, that does not mandate a requirement for spouses, just as a side comment that's interesting as employers look at their, look at their census, look at their uh, salary ranges, affordability, and also whom they need to cover, who they don't cover today, who's eligible based on these new standards but not enrolled. I uh, yeah, and it, when I hear uh, discussions like that, it may, it, it's very frustrating because obviously, from an evolution perspective, we we, we try to back companies that you know that have twenty to twenty to forty employees and grow them to companies that have hundreds of employees, and it's it's frustrating. But you know, I, I suspect like everything else, this will work itself out. Um, hopefully. Um, maybe talk maybe talk a little bit about the the rising cost projections and um, and why the ex- exchanges are difficult to determine the the costs and so forth. If you wouldn't mind. Um, sure. Well, they, as we mentioned in the prior segment regarding the variables and the assumptions and what, what the underwriters need to look at in assessing the new risks and what's taking place. But now there's a factor known as community rating that is new and, and it's making current projections hard to predict. And community rating is a requirement that within the exchange and within small market, which is defined as under 50 employees until 2016, and then it goes to under 100, 100 employees, and that's fully insured. So it's really all one pool will be together, and there'll be what's called community rating and within this common pool. And the age band is three to one within community rating. So that's saying that the if you say someone who's 60, 
you know, 63, 64 prior to uh, Medicaid, Medicare eligibility and a 27-year-old, they can't have a premium ratio that's greater than three to one. So that's unusual. Current uh, age radi- ratios, they vary from six to one, 10 to one, based on what, what risks those older Americans or um, different individuals bring to the pool. So from that's that's the adverse selection angle where they, they need to get the younger people in the pool, but then the, the premiums for these younger people are going to be uh, much higher because they can only be three to one based on the requirements of the law. So that has never been in place before, and that is a substantial variable that's unpredictable based on enrollment and based on how many young, healthy people sign up and what that's going to mean for, for overall rate projections. Um, additionally, uh, all analysis need to take into place these new taxes and fees that are go- that are on the insurance companies, they're on medical device manufacturers, pharmaceutical companies, because those, as we know, are not going to be absorbed entirely by these by the insurance companies and by uh, manufacturers. They'll be passed through through consumers and uh, in the way of a, a consumer tax eventually. So, also rates um, they need to be while they need to be actuarially justified. There's so much information that's unknown just in general about the marketplace. There's there's just a wide variance in what's predicted right now. Yeah. Um, Rob, if you have anything to add. Um, yeah, the only other thing I would add to that, Andrea, too, is uh, there's also, as a result of health care reform, what's called essential health benefits and limits on maximum out-of-pockets. And to oversimplify it, basically what what the law is requiring insurance carriers to do is – in the past, you could put certain limits on number of services. Take as an example, chiropractic visits. You, a plan might limit it to only 10 visits. But these essential health benefits, as defined by the Act, they're saying now there can be no limit, annual limit, on how many visits one individual can have. So while it may be a good thing, the fact that there are no limits now essentially makes the benefit plan much richer than it was prior. And so that has a cost associated with with it as well from an underwriting perspective. Good. Hey, Jeff, if uh, if you and I didn't want to start drinking early before this, is that just kind of sends us ADD entrepreneurs into a tizzy? And thank you know, thank God there are people people out there that can figure this stuff out. Hey, and, and I and you mentioned something earlier uh, about it going from fifty employees to a hundred employees, or I thought I heard that. Is that is? Did you say a hundred employees and less? Or explain to me what what that what I think I thought I heard, whatever that means. Sure. In the there's a a small market and a large market for simplification and, and initially the well the law's written as the small market would be employers with under a hundred employees. But until there was changes in the, the regulations leading up until implementation. So now until two thousand sixteen for um that'll be defined as under fifty employees. So that will be the the small market that's subject to community rating and subject to this common risk pool. So the common pool will include all individuals who go to the exchange and um, in, and fully insured plans under under 50 employees until 2016. And then the way it's written now, that will then incorporate under 100 employees into that same, into that same pool. And then outside of that pool, their community rating um, does not apply. So there can be more um, for group health plans as they work today, and Rob may be able to comment more on this, the, the rates that employers receive in the, the larger market are based on the claims and based on the experience and utilization of that population. 
rather than a community-rated pool, which is doesn't include health underwriting and, and those types of risks. So, yeah, so, so, so if I have so if I have we have, an, we have a company with forty five employees, let's say, just pretend, and it, 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 I mean, would those would we still have a right at that stage in two thousand sixteen to go and get our own insurance, you know, that meets all the requirements and, and offer to those forty five employees, or would we automatically be pooled as a small small business? You'd be pulled as a small business, uh, as a group under 50. Um, the difference between community rating or experience rating, and there's an advantage to being experience rated, particularly if you're a group, let's say you're a group of 75 employees, and historically you've run from a claims to premium ratio. You've run really well, meaning you have a wellness program in place. Generally speaking, the healthier population is, is better than average. You know, you're going to get rewarded more on a experience-rated uh, platform as opposed to a community-rated platform where, frankly, there's less incentive to do all the right things and get rewarded for having a risk that's better than the overall population because now you're lumped into a pool with others like you in the under-50 market for that particular carrier, and you're going to be assigned a renewal increase that's on par with what their book of business is as opposed to your individual company's risk profile. Yikes! I, I can tell you, I wrote down. I, I realize uh, we we uh, we've blown through a lot of time here, Jeff. But I, I have probably as many questions now as as I did when we started. Yeah, and, and and obviously we you know not an hour long show is not enough to cover this very uh, fluid topic. It, it, Andrea, Rob, is there a, a resource that people could go to? Um, and I obviously we have to have you guys on the show again. But is there a resource that somebody could go to to continue to read up on this? Sure. Well, Rob, if you have any additional suggestions, you know, as as of this this point in time, with the with the question remaining as to what's going to take place with the individual market and um, what those rates are going to look like, we're in a little bit of a holding pattern as far as a solid resource to see to see rates. Um, I know Oswald Oswald Companies offers. We we've been doing weekly webinars as well since. January of uh, 2013, where we provide timely updates in a snapshot 30-minute format as well that are all specific to healthcare reform. And we also put together snapshot summaries that we can make available to your audience. There's other, uh, but outside of our resources, you know, there's, as we know, there's healthcare.gov, but that seems to be having some challenges at the moment. And the Kaiser Family Foundation is a good Right. Rob, if you if you know of others or have specific suggestions, um. well, yeah, no, uh, guys, I, would, I would agree with you. Okay. Well, um, guys, we appreciate it very much, and maybe what we can do is we can put a link on our uh, blog site that would direct people to to your webinar, Andrea and Rob, to to learn more. Uh, but Brent and I want to thank you. Uh, on you know from from everybody here at the second stage Andrea Esselstein and Rob Edmonds from Oswald Companies for coming on and and sharing us uh, sharing with us your expertise on the Affordable Care Act so thank you for being on the show um, with that uh, we're going to be right back after a short break and we're going to finish off the show strong thanks for tuning into the second stage comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Does money drive you or does it serve you? When you listen to Money in Your Life, you'll discover the answer to that question. Tune in as hosts Brian Barr and Ann Hutchins bring you thought-provoking discussions designed to help you understand and assess exactly how money operates in your life. Take control of your personal finances. Money in Your Life is broadcast live every Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Make your money work for you. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of, a team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance Tax Consulting. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. And welcome back to the second stage, a show about small business best practices. And I got to tell you, Brendan, my head is spinning. I'd say, Jeff, you know, I, I guess I, I sit here and, and I uh, started running my first business in 1996, which was a little while ago. I know, you've, I, know I don't look Is that, that old. that a lemonade but, stand? Was that that lemonade was, stand? It was. It was. But we were <laughs> filing all appropriate taxes. And I, and, and, and I do – I guess the frustrating thing to me is – and, and I, I guess it's, I'll have to get over it and so forth. But it used to be that we would – you know, I with a very little bit of time could figure the, the health care out and we would look at it once, you know, once or twice a year and, and we were – providing a great, great product to our employees, and, and we were very proud of what we were providing. And I guess the most frustrating thing to me is, is now looking at this and realizing that, that, that if I was running a small business, I wouldn't even try to tackle this issue anymore. I mean, this is, it's gotten too complex, and, and, and uh, it, you know, literally, it's, it's, it's very frustrating to me as, a, as a, somebody that, that believes that the small business is the foundation for, for, for future growth in this country. So it's very frustrating to me, but hopefully it'll work out. Yeah, you look, you know, no one uh I don't I don't think anyone should uh hope for um uh they should hope for success. Uh, obviously this is I think that it is meant to be uh, to, to help those that can't afford health care. Obviously, health care is totally out of control in this country. It's meant to help those people that have pre-existing conditions uh, that, that really truly need insurance uh, because of those pre-existing conditions. But, um, you know, this is, you know, this is a really, really tough situation. I don't think anybody uh, is confident about what's going on. It just feels funny that you're being forced to do things um, that you don't necessarily want to. I agree. 
and and I think that from a small business owner's perspective, you know, focus on the value add, focus on the things that you know that you that you know the best, and and find an expert that can help you figure out this other piece. Because I just I think that's the the punchline is that um, is that it's gotten too complex. So yeah, it, it has gotten complex, and you know that's why we circle back to what we were talking about all the way in the beginning of the show, where whether it's Oswald or it's somebody else. Um, you, you ought to, you know, even again, <laughs> this is probably a good time to cut out and tell people, uh, invite people to continue the discussion on our blog uh, at evolutioncp.com. And you can certainly email us at the second stage evolution, evolutioncp.com, particularly if you feel like there's a, a, a place that you have found good answers you know, to the questions that, that we're asking on this show. I think that, uh, you know, Brent and I are relatively savvy, in-tune business people. And uh, like a lot of people, we've kind of tuned out Washington, D.C. as a whole. And uh, and um, it's it's going to probably come back and bite us at this particular <laughs> point in time. You know, look, businesses can deal with a lot but what they can't deal with is uncertainty. And I think what's really troubling right now is is that as this is rolling out and anything that is as awesome in scope as this is going to um, have glitches. But um, it, it's, it's very, very scary, the uncertainty that's out there because as we have seen with our partner companies, Brendan, the, the health care costs are going up big time even more than prior years. Yeah, I, I look at that lemonade stand you're talking about earlier, Jeff, and, and I and I remember uh, prepare, you know, preparing the you know the the, the costs that was related to the employees, and um, it wasn't really a lemonade stand, just in case everybody really questions that. But uh, <laughs> but it's uh, you know might as well be. Um, and, and and I really feel you know that, that I realize ninety six was a long time ago, but if you look at the the cost increase and and more importantly the the quality of the of the program that was available to our employees back then and what's available now, the cost is for an inferior product is probably ten ten times. I mean it's it's a it's a massive change in 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 a in cost, but. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we uh, we always believe in looking for a better way, and maybe this will turn out, and you know, maybe the government will will, will will use this as an opportunity to learn from this, and we'll find some we'll find some great a great solution. You know, we'll, we've got to keep chugging. Yeah, well, we certainly um, agree with uh, taking costs out of the healthcare system as it has gotten out of control, and as you pointed out, it's ten times more expensive for an inferior product. And we've seen effective programs at the government where they're they're going out and bidding, you know, um, and forcing costs out of of uh, the system by forcing companies to participate in targeted industries uh, that they've got to be at a certain number; or they can't can't expect reimbursement from the U.S. government in yep. Medicaid or, or uh, uh, Medicare. We've seen a lot of that. You're absolutely right. It's a good point. And I think that that's a probably a, a – we should have maybe let that play. It sure, probably wouldn't help, obviously, the people that had pre-existing conditions, and it probably wouldn't help out those folks that couldn't afford health care anyway. But it surely is a great way to help reduce uh, the costs out of the system. 
Yeah, I agree. Because as, as we know, we also know the uh, some of these some other businesses that take it, you know, that sell the same exact product to the government for you know five times the price or ten times the price. So we got to we got to work some work those costs out of the out of the system. And and as we always say, you better start now. You know, there's no no better time than to start right now. So I uh, I agree with you, Joe. I agree. Well, we want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. You know, we hope that you got some good takeaways and action items and, you know, strive to push yourself personally and professionally each week. And that brings me to, you know, the point in the show where I always ask Brendan to give people kind of the action item for the week. I, we, uh, Jeff and I have been blessed to hit the Inc. 500, 5000 conference. We've spent some time with our investors. We've spent some time at, the, at an EO group in, uh, in, in Columbus. And I just beg all of you to, to, to look at the five steps to, to working on your business, the five pillars to, to really changing your business. And uh, get on our website, download it, and uh, if you can do it, it will transform your business. And passion for possibilities, right, Brennan? <laughs> which, which you get the five, and you get the five steps, Jeff, and all of a sudden, it's all about the passion, baby, and and and, uh, and, the, and the tools to get there. So. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into the second stage this week. You can listen to us every Monday at five o'clock Eastern, two o'clock Pacific time, and until next week, uh, uh, you know, get started on uh, learning more about the Affordable Care Act, and as Brennan said, get started on working on the five pillars. Thanks for tuning into the second stage. Thank you very much. See you next week. Thank you for joining us this week for Fear is Negotiable, Business Survival Skills 101. We hope you'll tune in again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with host Pamela Hill on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll identify more of the best practices in business survival then. 